Hey everyone, I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Scottsy Business, and today we're going to be talking about CBDCs or central bank digital currencies. And essentially, this is like the stable coin of the future, but not necessarily the decentralized, open, you know, good privacy, freedom, all that kind of stuff. It's not that future, it's the dystopian future where the banks have infinitely more control over everything. Um, you know, depending on how this plays out, they could be forcing people to hold their crypto with the bank. If you're going to use CBDCs to buy your crypto, they could do so many crazy things. They could automatically take out your tax. They could do sweeping reform and monetary policy very quickly compared to what they could have done before. And this would all be under one ecosystem. Plus it, uh, it'll either be a huge competition for commercial banks or essentially force them to rely way more on centralized uh, banks from a country because they might be only able to hold their stablecoin, and thus slowly that central bank kind of takes over a lot of the commercial banks or at least in terms of leverage and influence and power and what they can actually do. So let's talk about the good, the bad, and uh, the future of stablecoins and how it relates to CBDCs after a quick word from my sponsor today. A big thank you and shout out to my sponsor, Cake Wallet, which is an open source, non-custodial Bitcoin and Monero wallet that also has a built-in exchange. It's available on iOS and Android. So it's become more apparent to me that, you know, in my video not that long ago, I was talking about how I was bullish on Bitcoin and crypto in general because... The Bank of International Settlements is going to allow banks to hold up to 1% reserves in cryptocurrency, namely, or rather such as Bitcoin is the quote, but this could really just be a way to slowly but surely introduce CBDCs into the banking system without being so obvious as to what their, you know, what their plan is up front. That's why they say such as Bitcoin. I mean, I'm very much hoping that it is Bitcoin that they'll be holding, but this could really just be the groundwork that they're laying for CBDCs. And um, overall, I think it's going to be a net negative for crypto and just people in general and freedom and finance. But in the short term, at the very least, similar to how we saw with like, you know, PayPal, Robinhood, Wealthsimple, all of these massive institutions adopting the ability to use cryptocurrency but also massively limiting it and centralizing what would otherwise basically be decentralized. And they do this on PayPal, for example, you can only buy or sell crypto and it has to stay on PayPal. They still own it. They have full control. It's not really yours. They're holding it for you. You also can't withdraw it and transfer it and send it to someone else or, you know, buy something as you, you know, however you'd like PayPal, has been rolling out or rather they've planned to roll out the ability to spend it, but again, only with places that they allow you to. So effectively trying to centralize how you use cryptocurrencies that are actually decentralized, but when you give them that power, then they are managing to slowly centralize it just in the way that they're using it. Not that it's inherently changed or centralized or anything like that. So I see something very similar, but on a much larger scale happening with CBDCs. So first, let's talk about exactly what is a CBDC so we don't get confused here. And I think the best 
um, example of this or definition is Investopedia. I always go to Investopedia, very, very good resource, and they have lots of information for you here that you can take a look at. Very, very great. But very simply, as they mentioned here, it's just a central bank cryptocurrency that is like a stable coin. It's supposed to be pegged to whatever stable coin, I mean, whatever fiat currency, like a sovereign currency. So for example, um, the Federal Reserve in the US might create something like the Fed coin or the US dollar coin or whatever it happens to be. It'll be just a coin pegged to the US dollar, just in the same way that we already have with Tether USDT or uh, Coinbase's USDC. The major difference being that right now we're just relying on these third party institutions uh, and their auditors. We're just hoping that they're actually correct, that their attestation reports are accurate and that their auditing has all been transparent and actually accurate. We really have no way to verify that that's true. Um, but with banks, I'm sure there would be much more scrutiny from the government, et cetera, to make sure their accounting is more accurate. Mind you, I don't really trust the banks that much, but this is kind of the general reasoning. I mean, at the very least, banks are FDIC insured. So hope, hopefully that would also cover uh, stable coins as well, like CBDCs and there's many pros that I can see for central bank digital currencies, but the major drawback is really just that it'll be so centralized. And I mean, like I said, Tether and USDC are already extremely centralized equally as much as a bank would be. The only difference is we're trusting these more like third party private companies over banks and they really have no incentive to do anything differently or better. So at the very least, there might be a little bit more trust, especially for people who are not very familiar with cryptocurrency. There's going to be a lot more trust within the banks uh, than there would be just some random private entity that's, um, you know, giving out all this or not giving out, but issuing all of these stable coins. So there's going to be a lot more trust behind it. And that is really good for onboarding new users. And like I said, way back in the day when PayPal started doing this, this is great to get people started, but it is a terrible practice within the crypto space. And this is not where we want things to go in the long run. So, you know, if all these people just by virtue of having a bank account are now introduced to cryptocurrency because they come out with CBDCs, then now there's all these people who previously had no access to cryptocurrency and now they you know, have a crypto account option in their bank or whatever. This is going to make it extremely more liquid and hopefully, you know, bring tons and tons of new people to the space, way more volume, all this great stuff. However, the nature of it being extremely centralized, we don't know how they're going to roll them out. They might say, yes, you can buy crypto now with your CBDCs, but you have to hold it in our bank wallet, which is centralized and they still hold the crypto. I could see something like that very, very easily playing out. And there's all these different scenarios that you can easily come up with and you say, okay, well, yeah, if they were to do that, that would be very bad. Most of the scenarios greatly benefit the banks and negatively benefit you. I, I do think that in the short term, though, this will be very, very good for you know, volume, new users, adoption, stuff like that. But in the long term, this is going to really, really 
uh, hurt the crypto space. So going back to CBDCs and exactly what they are, it's really just, you know, it's regulated by their central bank. As I said, they would just be the ones who'd be issuing it rather than like Tether or Coinbase. And then it's supposed to essentially simplify the implementation of their monetary and fiscal policy, which could be really useful and efficient, but it could also be very dangerous because as we saw here in Canada, um, they were freezing people's bank accounts blacklisting crypto exchanges. And if you had crypto, they didn't want you to be able to accept that on many different exchanges and they weren't allowed to. If all of that was in under one ecosystem, like versus having your fiat system, your crypto system, um, it's, it's all very poorly managed. With blockchain, you can much more simply, you know, create like these smart contracts that can do massive things all at once. And it's just much more easier and efficient using blockchain technology for this type of accounting than it is using what we have currently. And we've seen that it it is very fragile um, when our telecoms went out or rather Rogers server did, half of the country's telecoms were out. This greatly affected banks and the Interact system, but blockchain was unaffected. So again, uh, you see a lot more stability and I guess robustness with blockchain versus um, traditional systems are much more centralized. And then you end up relying on, uh, you know, servers that are just in Canada versus blockchain, which is worldwide. So there's a lot of different aspects to how this actually plays out. And I mean, as they note here, of course, it will not be anonymous. Um, More than likely, I would see CBDCs being an easier way for them to tax people. Like they just look at all of your blockchain activity, draw up your tax report based on that. And then it just comes out of your account automatically um, because they just control everything. And it's very easy for them to do that. I could see a lot more sketchy stuff like that happening that most people I would assume are not as excited about seeing, but such is the future of, of crypto and stable coins. It's not surprising that countries want to launch their own uh, to improve their ability to control their country's financial systems, right? So s- there's many countries that are uh, implementing this, already have launched crypto uh, CBDCs, or they've already started research, etc. So a couple examples, the Bahamas uh, two years ago did the sand dollar. You've got Nigeria, they did uh, the e-nira. You got several Eastern Caribbean uh, countries all listed here. And uh, what was the one they did? Oh yeah, Dcash. You know, there's all these different ones. Sweden's got eCrona in the works for their pilot project. China has uh, the digital yen uh, or yuan, sorry. You know, all these projects in the works, right? And I've linked, I've linked all these articles you can go and check out. This one is the most interesting though, because this is the global tracker of currently 112 countries that they're tracking, um, whether they've launched a cryptocurrency, they're in their pilot phase, they're developing a cryptocurrency, they're currently researching, or ones that have canceled or uh, been inactive over, you know, they've been doing this for a while and they stopped. But it's very interesting. You can see all the stuff that's being worked on, uh, what the projects are actually called, and you can get links to all this stuff and see where they're at. Very, very insightful, and you can sort of see where certain places are more developed or they've got their 
crypto already rolled out, like Canada here is in development. Uh, the US is in research phase still. So many, many countries are involved in this. This is absolutely underway. It's just how is this going to play out? What are they actually going to do this for? And I mean, they do also note that certain countries only intend to use this for retail and certain countries you intend to do this like entirely, like wholesale banks and everything, whereas some just want to do this for purchasing goods, etc. But either way, what this is going to effectively do is people are going to end up connecting their more decentralized private wallets to their CBDCs, whether on purpose or just by virtue of using the CBDC and not really realizing the implications. And the government's just going to have way, way, way more control over our finances with this. This is a net negative overall. This is not going to be very ideal. And uh, yeah, so let's specifically cover some of the uh, pros and cons that I haven't already talked about. So as I mentioned, some of the pros of CBDCs is... Yes, it'll be more legitimate coming from a bank and there might be FDIC insurance. So that's very, very good to see. However, um, we don't know that that's actually going to be the case. I mean, all of this is still speculation. It might be easier to look at countries that have already rolled this out and sort of see how they're approaching it. Um, but I think like the US and Canada are going to have dramatically different regulations than, you know, the Bahamas. So, it would be very good for accounting too. Like we would have a much more accurate system. And if it was public, then people would have much better insight into uh, their country's finances. I mean, it's not going to be some public blockchain that everyone can see. It's probably going to just be very closed, very controlled by the, uh, by the government or the central banks rather. So the good thing, again, though, is, you know, there'd be way more liquidity for crypto, assuming you can invest in the free market. And uh, if banks are transitioning all of their customers over, we'll have massive adoption and way less resistance for people to actually get into the space. And then again, having this all combined under one ecosystem will be better for banks and for users. But, you know, again, I don't really trust banks. So let's dive in again to the uh, the cons, which there are much more of. Namely, at the beginning, as I mentioned, PayPal uh, centralizing cryptocurrency without actually having to do so. Uh, the central banks will do something very, very similar, but in their own way. I mean, they might let you buy it, but you can only hold it in their wallet. They might, um, you know, automatically take your tax out of your account, just you know, calculate it based on your blockchain activity. There's so many different things that are in the negative side that I could very much see playing out. And you have to also wonder, are they really doing all of this because they want to promote liquidity and investing in cryptocurrency? Or do they want an easier way to tax you and, you know, cash in on crypto in their own way? Um, plus, I mean, it's just like it's hip, right? So like people are much more interested in getting some central uh, CBDCs like stable coins versus just getting paid in normal Canadian dollars, for example. I think there'd be a lot younger people who'd be much more gung-ho about that and be interested in doing that. And I think uh, that would be very good for them. Not so much for us because of some of the stuff I'm talking about here and how I think this would play out. 
Um, but again, as I mentioned, you know, our current systems are so fragile. They're separated. There's all this extra work that goes into dealing with all this. If they put it all under one system, much easier for them to, you know, enact uh, massive policies and, and monetary changes and things like that. Our current systems are already extremely fragile. So blockchain is definitely an upgrade, even just in terms of robustness. But again, they're going to sell it as they're going to improve our systems, but really it's a way to make you more reliant on the central banks, right? Because if you, as I said before, if, if commercial banks need to rely on central banks for that CBDC, because they're not going to allow them to make their own, um, then they're going to have even more control over the rest of the banks in the commercial banking industry. So the central banks are going to gain even more power in the financial industry. And that's pretty much expected. I mean, I, I would be unsurprised if that happened. Um, and again, yeah, like we've seen how bad inflation has been over the past two years. So if we are going to give them more financial power, more liquidity, more volume, more, uh, more access to more people's wealth, essentially by doing this, is it going to get better or are they just going to continue doing what they're already doing, but it's going to be amplified by the power of blockchain technology and because they're able to, you know, deal with a lot more people, a lot more efficiently. If anything, this could just amplify how bad things are already and just continue to make them even worse. Plus, I mean, we've already seen, you know, Tether and USDC banning accounts, um, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. Whereas if that same stuff was happening with CBDCs, that'd be very, very concerning. Um, people are very, while it does happen, like people have their bank accounts closed, people are very skeptical of that being like a regular common thing. Um, and it might be more accepted or, less controversial if it was happening in the realm of crypto because you know so so many people do not understand crypto and thus wouldn't really be able to follow the trail of events as easily or understand exactly why you know they're having their account banned or whatever it happens to be i mean a lot of this is just speculation but when i really go through the logic of why would they make cbdc's what would the benefit be and you know, how this will all play out. I don't see this being some massively beneficial thing for normal people aside from the initial liquidity improvement, but that's not really a benefit to crypto. I mean, if, if everyone just started getting paid in Bitcoin tomorrow, then that wouldn't even matter. But because we don't have that, this will be a good way to onboard people, but then we want people out of that system of uh, relying on the banks and into the decentralized side of things. This could just be a good way to get people started. I'm just concerned that it'll adopt so much of the market and then they'll all be in the, you know, in the hands of the, uh, the, the CBDCs in the central banks. And if banks start getting people to buy up all the Bitcoin and hold it in the banks, then the banks are naturally going to centralize all of the holdings of Bitcoin and other major cryptocurrencies. And that's just going to be very, very bad news for everyone in the market. 
But uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think. I've included all the links and everything in the description so you can take a look at everything I just went through. I'm very bullish on, you know, just sticking with regular cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, doing everything as decentralized as you possibly can. I am not a fan of stable coins. And um, in my last fifth part of the stablecoin series, I will go through my thoughts on all the stable coins and uh, what I think is the best. I mean, <laughs> to give you a, a quick summary of that, I don't really think you should have any stable coins, not financial advice, but you're much better off just relying on, uh, as I said, Bitcoin and Ethereum. But you let me know, is CBDCs the way of the future? Is any stable coin reliable? Do you prefer or rely better on, you know, Tether or would you rely more on the banks? I mean, both are not really looking too good right now. So you tell me, where are we going with stable coins? What is the future of all this? Are CBDCs here to stay? Are they going to be adopted? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Let me know all that good stuff in the comments below. And thank you so much for watching to the very end. You can comment hashtag number one ham to let me know that you watched to the very end. I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Scotty Business, signing off. Cheers.